This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back to another episode of Seeing Other People. Together, we're navigating modern dating alongside experts and real life daters who are sharing their stories. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Come learn, laugh, and maybe even cry along with us as we navigate the dating scene together. Okay, you guys, I am so excited for this episode. I have a guest that you guys are going to hang on to his every word. We have Evan Mark Katz here. He literally has been a dating coach since 2003. He was the first ever dating coach. So we know that he knows everything that you need to know. He has written four books. He hosts the Love You podcast, and he has helped so many women specifically around the world find love. Evan Mark Katz, welcome to Seeing Other People. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I am so excited. I have to ask, love getting everyone's backstory. What led you to become a dating coach when dating coaches weren't a thing? How did this happen? Uh, necessity is the mother of invention, you know, like I, I, I haven't delved into your backstory and how you became you. But for me, I was a Hollywood screenwriter. Uh, I was wow. in Project Greenlight with Matt Damon and Ben Affleck back in 2001. And I finished third in that. And I went to UCLA Film School and Warner Brothers Writers Workshop. And I did everything you could do without making any money. And then I turned 30 and I was like, I don't want to be the 40 year old guy trying to sell screenplays. And so I put my heart and soul into this one thing. And I had this one talent and it only got me so far. And I had a pivot and I got a job, I swear to God, answering phones at J date. Oh my God. Literally like customer service getting yelled at by strangers, uh, 2001. And after a year of doing it, I was like, I got to write a book about this. So I wrote a book in 2003 called, I can't believe I'm buying this book, a common sense guide to successful internet dating. Um, and that's when internet dating was in the closet. Like that was the, that was the hook of the book it was like, people are embarrassed about doing it, but kind of everybody's doing it. So that was when New York times basically did a, a, a feature, a magazine feature story on the mainstreaming of online dating. And I was quoted in that story. And then suddenly I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm going to be the dating guy. <laughs> so yeah. I, I dropped out of film school, uh, uh, built a website called eCyrano, helping people write their online dating profiles, E-C-Y-R-A-N-O. 
um, old school online dating, match.com, longer profiles. And when you write someone's profile, they're like, oh my God, I'm getting all this attention. What do I do now? And I'd be like, well, you flirt. I don't know how to flirt. Okay, well, let's go in there and tell you how to flirt. And online dating profiles led to online dating coaching, dating coaching, relationship coaching. And then one day you wake up 20 years later and you're like, okay, I guess I'm an expert. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. Okay. How have you seen, I mean, you've seen the dating world evolve in so many ways. Do you think it's gotten easier or harder for people not to date, but to find love? Uh, it's gotten harder. And I, I, I wish I could say it hadn't, but I think it's the double-edged sword of any technology. Technology is designed to improve our lives. The iPhone is designed to improve our lives and social media is designed to improve our lives. But the downsides are, might be greater than the upsides. And I think uh, online dating, the old school version of it, I still recommend it. I know how I sound when I do that, like, okay, boomer. Um, but the more information you have about someone, the more likely you are to have a good conversation with them, the more likely you are to be able to screen them so you don't go on a terrible first date. So I believe in a little bit of old school courtship that has pretty much evaporated when you swipe right on a photo, text once and say, hey, want to meet. And so it's just a lot of flakiness and turnover. You mentioned the paradox of choice, the unlimited number of options. They were always there on old school online dating sites, but apps have turned average guys into players. <laughs> and so it's, it's, I, I think it's actually harder and I'm very sympathetic for everybody who's dating right now. Yeah. Speaking of average guys being turned into players, why did you decide to specifically become a dating coach that specializes in helping women? Are you telling me I'm an average guy who became a player? Is that what I'm to take from that? No, <laughs> okay. because you're helping them deal with those it's guys. Right. I'm, I'm, joking. I'm joking. I know. Um, uh, I forgot the question because I was laughing. <laughs> uh, why did you become a women's dating coach? Men need more help. They don't ask for it. It's true. Right. So, so it's one of the, the, the cruel realities. I, at the, the first five years of doing this, like when no one else was a dating coach, I was just a dating coach. I wasn't a dating coach for smart, strong, successful women. I was just a dating coach. Uh, unisex. My books were unisex. My first online dating program called Finding the One Online was unisex. And then I realized 80% of the people who were coming to me were kind of the same woman, right? Generally a little older, 30 plus, serious about finding love, has everything but the guy, can't seem to figure out why her man picker is broken. And I focused all my energies on the people who really wanted help. It's hard when you, like you said, the men who need the help aren't asking for it. So you're trying to like overcompensate with the women that you're helping because not you trying to overcome, like they're trying to overcompensate for everyone would be better if we all went to therapy. Agreed. And that's, like, and that's the <laughs> hard part. So I, I, I get shit on the internet, right? If you give, you know, you're, I mean, I'm like a mansplainer in chief, right? Like why are you giving advice to women? Men are the problem. Why don't you help them? Like every time I post on something, here, do this with men. Why don't you tell men? It's constantly getting yelled at. And it's like, right. you're not listening to me. I don't yes. have that power or control, but you're completely right. I would love to wave a magic wand and help men become better partners, more self-aware. And what I hope that my value is, is in helping women choose better men without having to try to change them, which is usually the biggest problem. Definitely. We do see that a lot. And I definitely was one of those who tried to do that for a very long time. And that got me nowhere except with my heart broken over and over and over. Right. Um, what is your personal love story? Because I know that you're married. I want to hear how that happened. Well, how much I could tell on a, on a popular podcast, but I like telling the story of my wife and I, it's, it's, it, it becomes almost like a seminal apocryphal story because it works really, really well as a coach. Um, I was dating online for 10 years, 25 to 34, prolific, right? Again, before apps, just prolific online dating. I was a writer. I work from home in LA. It's a big, lonely city. And so I just got myself a date or two a week forever. Um, my wife and I were both on match.com at the same time. 
we didn't meet on Match.com because she was three years older than I was and I wasn't looking for that. And I'm Jewish and she's Catholic and she wasn't looking for that. So that's really important to understand is your partner's probably out there and you're probably overlooking them because they don't fit into the narrow margins that you set your search criteria for. So I love sharing that. I happened to meet her at a potluck dinner uh, on a, in, a, in a house in Beverly Hills uh, on a Sunday night. It was a weird night because I was there to make a woman jealous. A woman who'd rejected me <laughs> was at the party. It was her party. She's like, oh, we could still be friends. I was like, yeah, I'll, go to, I'll be friends. We'll go to this party and I won't talk to you at your party. And so I was talking to a couple 37-year-old divorcees, two brunettes. I wasn't hitting on either of them. I was just talking to both of them. Next thing you knew, it was midnight. Like whole party went by. I was talking to two women. I had to choose one to get their number. Where? <laughs> <laughs> like it was, it was really like, it was easy. And that's what I love yeah. about the story. And that's again, my sort of North star when it comes to dating and relationship coaching, good relationships are fundamentally easy. easy. And so when you have that feeling of ease where you could talk to someone and you never want to stop talking to them, yeah. you're in the right place. Easy, especially in the beginning. I get asked questions all the time, and I'm sure you do too. Of like, we've gotten in this disagreement, like on our like second, third, and fourth date, but like we both really like each other, and there's so much chemistry and a connection. Like, or can we work through this? And I'm like, can you possibly? But it shouldn't be that hard. That no, early. it's it's a a smooth on ramp, and it continues to be smooth. We've got plenty yeah. of big data on this. The best predictors of people breaking up <laughs> after marriage, best predictors of divorce, people who get married in less than a year, people who make up and break up, and people who wait too long to get married. If there's a couple together for ten years, and then finally the guy's like, okay. Well, guess what? He never really wanted to be married. Right. So we really look for a smooth on-ramp, a, a, you know, a two to three year process, especially if you're, you know, actually any time other than your late thirties, when there's a sense of urgency, you really want to go through as few seasons and a few holidays and conflict resolution. There's no reason to rush things just because you've been together for a year and it feels right. Yeah, absolutely. You guys know that I struggle with confidence. I'm always my biggest critic, and when I notice something about myself that I don't like, I can't stop fixating on it. I'm working on all of this, but it can be hard. A year ago, I noticed that my hair was thinning, and I was finding more and more strands of hair on the floor every time I would walk around my apartment. When I would look down in the shower, I would freak out at what I saw in the drain. That's when I opened up to my best friend, who happens to be a doctor, and she said two things that changed my life. The first was that she knows so many women our age going through the same thing. The second is that she told me to try Nutrafol. And so I did. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. A year later and a month before my wedding, and I cannot believe the number of people who have been complimenting how long, strong, and healthy my hair looks. I never imagined that this would happen. And naturally, as a result, my confidence has transformed. I'm no longer self-conscious when it comes to my hair. And honestly, that is a huge, huge, huge personal win for me. And you guys know I'm hilariously bad at sticking with habits and taking something every day or doing something every day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online with no prescription required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure that you'll never miss a day. You'll see results in three to six months. And trust me, it is worth the wait. You can start so easily by taking their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the Seeing Other People family 10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. Brave the uncomfortable. 
Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive-compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started Presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a Presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone, Presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. There's so much that I want to talk to you about. Right. We, this, like, could, this could be part one. This, uh, this honestly will be. I'm saying that right now. And I don't, I never say that on record because it's come to like bite me in the ass. We're like, oh, like this is so good. We'll have to do another totally. And then like, over and over and over, like getting bombarded with emails. When's part two? I won't so chase you down. I, I, this is officially part cool. one of part two. And right. I will. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Let's start with this question. What are the biggest mistakes that you see women making in dating? You're going to find them in almost every phase of dating, Right. Like really, I, I I break up. If you go to my website, you go to evanmarkatz.com forward slash break, evanmarkatz.com forward slash dating, evanmarkatz.com forward slash relationships. There's three phases. You're either taking a break, you're actively dating, or you're in a relationship. And there's mistakes made at every single phase of those things. So it's almost impossible to know where to begin, but we could start with what you just outlined. There's dating where you over rely on chemistry, right? And discount almost everything else that matters in long-term relationships. And I outlined it again, it's, I could give it to you right now. It's not terribly complicated. Character, kindness, consistency, communication, commitment, connection. So you can both like skiing. You could both be lapsed Catholics. You could both live two blocks from each other and go to the same gym. And it doesn't make a difference if he's verbally abusive, if he says, I never wanted to get married and have kids, if he isn't trustworthy. Like, all the good stuff doesn't matter. One thing can sink the ship. And so people anchor on just the good stuff. But you don't understand when we're together, it's so good. I mean, I haven't heard from him in a week, but but like last time we saw each other was such a connection. He said he, he misses me so much and he can't live without me. And it doesn't matter. I, again, I'm just quoting myself now, but like it doesn't matter what happens on the date. Yeah. It's what happens after the date? How does he follow up? How quickly does he say, I want to see you again? How quickly does he on-ramp to becoming your boyfriend? Does he talk about a future? Does he leave his weekends open? Does he integrate you with his friends and family? There's all sorts of things where people ignore it because of chemistry, because of loneliness, because this is the best guy I've ever met on paper. And really all that matters is how do I feel with him? Yeah, we hold on to such hope and we build our expectations so high because we, even before meeting them, we're like, oh, this is exactly what I'm looking for. And I finally found it and they want to go out with me. So I'm sure they feel the same. So like, we have to make this work. And then you go on the date and like you said, like you find out this thing or, oh, like we went to the same sleepaway camp growing up or our parents are from the same city. Me, like there's all nothing. these connections. So this must work. Like we must be soulmates. And then, and then nothing happens. 
There was a great study done by Eli Finkel. Do you, I mean, you're, you're, yeah. you know, Eli Finkel. Okay. Did you read the all or nothing marriage? I did not. Okay. I will. I'm putting that on my want, list. You want, you want to bring an expert on. He's really good. He was, uh, he was probably the last guest I had on my podcast like five years ago. So he's really, really wonderful. His all or nothing marriage book is great. If you like that kind of stuff, because he's not a dating coach. He's not a psychologist. He's a researcher, right? He's just a data guy. Coming out of Northwestern, he reports the study that the things that attract people to each other have zero to do with whether they have a happy marriage. There's like zero correlation about what brings people together and what keeps people together. Well, that makes sense if you think about it, because you can meet somebody who's been married for five years or married for 20 years or just got engaged or just started dating and they could all have like the same level of a healthy, happy relationship. One met on a dating app. One was an arranged marriage. One was a setup through friends, whatever. Like people feel like there's so some people still feel like there's a stigma around meeting people on dating apps where like they'll want to tell people, Oh, like we met through mutual friends. It doesn't matter how you met. It's not even how it's not, it's, it's beyond that. It's what brought you together. It's yeah. we met at an EDM concert right? It's that we have the same group of mutual friends. It's that we have the same passions. I have a master's degree. He has a master's degree. We both want our, our solopreneurs who work from home. None of this will sustain you for 40 years. There's no such thing as a grandma and a grandpa saying, oh, we're still together because we both like skiing and we both have master's degrees right. ever. Yeah. And so really it all comes down to how he treats you, how you feel within the relationship and the irony is that women tend to be more sensitive and intuitive and they ignore their feelings, just ignore their feelings for decades. I mean, I've got a lot of clients who are, because I'm a little older, I got clients who are older, women who are in 20, 30 year marriages. They knew four months into the relationship that it was not right and they stayed. Some sort of fear and inertia. And so I just tell women, listen to your feelings, they don't lie. How can you learn, though, to actually listen to those feelings and to not push them away or justify them or straight up ignore them? I think it's having this is a start. Like what we're doing here is a start. Just maybe someone heard that and said, huh, never really thought about that before. I always justify why I stay in bad relationships because, because my dad abandoned me and I'm always trying to hold on to guys and make them love me. And there's all these old patterns that we're not even, we're either conscious of, or we don't think too much about. So the more we can create this kind of conversation, then at least we have a level of awareness. There's an aha moment. Then certainly from where I come from, the value is in coaching, right? Um, which again, is not to pimp my own coaching, but rather it's like having an AA sponsor or something like that. It's having someone holding your hand through the process so you yeah. don't lapse back into your old patterns, so you don't ignore your feelings. If someone is telling you about their, your new boyfriend and you're really anxious that you don't know when you're going to hear from him again, your relationship might not be as safe as you should be, and that's a red flag. I, I swear to God, this happened to me two days ago, so it's a salient story, right? I got a client who I love, like just top-notch, mid thirties, attractive, everything going for her, amazing student, worked with me for a year in my Love You course. And she proudly announces on her last call, I got my first Love You boyfriend. I'm so happy, he's amazing. He's been treating me well for six weeks. There's just one little problem. He steals things. He like, just the Oh, uh-huh, like, okay. It's like, he comes home from work and says, oh yeah, I got a five finger discount today, blah, blah, blah. And he did it like three times. And I was like, so we have a, a character issue that will resurface in some way that we can't see, but this is not the last you're gonna hear about this. No, I mean, this person's literally a thief and admitting right. it. Right, And but, but she was so excited because he was cute and smart and funny and good to her. All those things were true. And I was like, you have to break up with him. The new boyfriend that she just announced after she finished my course, I'm sorry, this is a no-go. She broke up with him the next morning. She she wow. po posted in our private Facebook group the speech she gave. And like, like that's power. I, in, my, in my world, 
women are the CEOs and guys are the interns. And if you don't like how the interns perform, you got to fire him. The interns admits that he's stealing on day one. You don't keep him around. And this is what, unfortunately, women do for a long period of time. And, and guys do it on the other side, right? You, you're, you know, the, if she's ridiculously hot, he'll put up with any amount of stupid behavior, right? So there's some sort of equivalence. But because I talk to women, I'm emphasizing this part. I like that theory a lot, the CEO and intern theory, because in so many ways, it empowers the woman to make decisions, to set boundaries, to create this relationship that serves them versus... Most importantly, raise the standards on what she comes to expect from men instead of lowering yeah. the standards for what she comes to expect from men. Yeah. So you're familiar with scarcity mentality? Yes. Right? So if you're operating from a place of scarcity, right? Again, whether you're urban and you turn to crime because it's an easier way to get money, right? Turn to drugs because it's a quick fix. Or if you're a woman who doesn't have any confidence in the realm of dating relationships and men, you take scraps. It is like being an unpaid intern. Okay, he texted me on Friday night to come over. I'll go over and I won't make any demands. I'm going to be the cool girl who just sleeps with him once a week and hope he falls in love with me. You're the unpaid intern. He's the CEO. We have yeah. to reverse Also, that. you're not that chill, so don't pretend to be. You have to reverse that energy. He should be begging, when could I see you again? When are you free? Right? So if you sit behind the desk and you allow men to come to you, you're going to do much better evaluating interns on their behavior and their effort rather than, oh my God, I hope he picks me. He's so cute. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right, all right, I know that everyone has their hands up. And I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed 
bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused shoes. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. What mistakes? You mentioned the three different stages and the stage of like being on a break, like taking a break from dating. What are the mistakes that people are making there? Because I, I think that's a really interesting conversation to have because so many people like will feel burnt out and then we'll take a break. And I see some of my friends and listeners go through this all the time where they're like, okay, I'm actually going to like take a, take some time off of dating. And then like five days later, they're like, okay, like I took a week off sort of, I'm going to set up a date for next week. I had my break. Okay. Um, <laughs> ironically, I'm more side with that. Okay. Right? I mean, there, there's risk. Whoever dates her right after her break probably not going to work out. It's still too raw. At the same time, people go too far in the other direction. Their break ends up taking three years. I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to work on healing. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to, and the next thing you know, she's 37 and she's calling me because she forgot to have kids. And so there's a healing time and there's something to learn. If you go to evanmarkatz.com live stream and you put in your email address, I'm doing something called Believe in Love Bootcamp. And it's literally for people who are in this phase where you're burnt out on online dating. You don't believe there's good guys out there. You think everybody in your city sucks. You're wondering what's wrong with you. You're doubting that it's ever going to happen. And it's like, a, it, there's a lot here, right? So I'll tell you some of it right now as best I can. The biggest mistake that people make when they're taking a break is thinking that love is going to happen when they least expect it. Right. It doesn't. No more than a job happens when you least expect it. I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm going to smoke pot and play video games. And the job fairy is going to come through the the ceiling. If you want to get something, you got to go out and get it and love you. We recommend you do a half hour of online dating a day. You're not on a wild, desperate husband hunt. You're integrating this into your life the way you integrate eating and sleeping and showering and working out. Yeah. It's, it's called dating. Like you have to actively do something. It's a verb. Dating. You have to to go places. You have to talk to people. You have to go on apps or or dating sites. You have to think about things. You have to reflect. Like it is an active thing that you have to do. What was your dating practice before you found your guy? Fucking disaster. But, um, but did you you have like, I was on the apps a lot. I definitely, I I learned so much from all the mistakes I made and I'm, I'm a cautionary tale, but I definitely would, you know, spend hours on end swiping and feeling so burnt out. And it would make me feel like crap about myself because I'm like, whoa, there's so many people out there and like, not one of them wants to be with me. And then as soon as somebody else would get into a relationship, it's like, cool, like everyone else deserves love, but I don't. And I'm out here doing the thing and still not finding what I'm looking for. But I was, I never had a problem getting dates. It was more the people that I really wanted to pursue were not looking for anything serious. And they would tell me that and I would completely ignore it or take it as a challenge. Right. And I, and, and, and just the, the, the verbiage itself, the men I wanted to pursue as much as I'm feminist egalitarian, you shouldn't have to pursue anybody. You shouldn't have to, because the guy who likes you acts like it. Well, and that's the thing. All the guys that I w- was trying to pursue, they they didn't like me. They didn't want to be with me. Right. And when I finally met Jake, my fiance, it was so easy. And I didn't even feel like I had to sit back and always wait for him to text me or make the next plan because I just felt so comfortable and confident where like, yeah, he made the first few plans, but I didn't have to like wait to respond to his text or like play hard to get because it was so clear, like, this is a two-way street here. Yeah, you don't need to play games in a healthy relationship. Yeah. He's upfront about his feelings. He's upfront about his excitement. And a man who wants to be your boyfriend is usually going to ramp up between two and six weeks. Two is a little bit fast. People dive into relationships. I generally recommend they you, you vet the intern a little bit longer before you hop into bed and call him a boyfriend. But certainly, if he hasn't tried to claim you as his girlfriend in 
six weeks, eight tops. He doesn't want it. Yeah. How can people, you know, fix their picker to find people who do want a relationship and perhaps want a relationship with them? I love that question. And I love the fact that you're asking me questions that I don't even think I gave, put on my sheet. You're just free flowing. So I, I'm really enjoying this interview. Um, let's, let's talk about two different things. Number one, let's talk about assessing deal breakers at the very, very beginning of mm-hmm. the relationship. And this is to be said without judgment because just because a guy's a deal breaker doesn't mean he's a bad guy or under other circumstances it couldn't work. These are situations that are high risk, right? And what's the point of taking a high risk situation that can blow up in your face one or two years later? So I had one viral TikTok video. I got banned from TikTok for some stupid reason. I didn't do anything. I put like a link in there and they said, sorry, you're dead to us. There are so many people that deserve to be banned from TikTok and you are not one of them. I I really didn't. I I sometimes say stupid things, but this was not one of them. This was like some technicality. That is mind-blowing. I had one link that got seen by one and a half million people and it was just a list of men that you shouldn't see. And I don't remember it exactly, but it was something like um, separated guys, recently divorced guys, long distance guys. Guys who don't know if they want marriage or they want children. Guys who are unemployed. Guys who are suffering from addiction, right? There's there's just like a handful of guys who like right off the bat, hard no. And what have we done? And, And, you know, all the women's comments are like, that's all the guys. No, it might be a lot of guys, but what have we done? We've just eliminated every obviously high risk guy. And now we could focus on this narrower lane of guys who are emotionally available for a relationship. So that's one thing. If you make the wrong choice at the beginning, right? It's like a, you, you go 10 degrees off on your map, you're going to end up in a completely different destination than you intended, right? Oh, I dated the guy for two years, but he wasn't sure if he wanted to have a family. And now I'm ready to get engaged and he's still not sure if he wants to have a family. Most predictable thing in the world, yeah. right? So we avoid that at the beginning. I literally had pulled a listener question about this. I I want to actually, I want to read it. Um, I've been seeing someone for a few months now, but we ultimately decided we would not get serious. We're both 29 and he wants kids in the next five years. And I do not see any kids in my future. He is also still in the process of a divorce, which kind of gave me the ick. Anyway, despite that, we, we, despite all that, we still hang out every weekend, enjoy spending time together and act pretty coupley. Am I wasting my time? Yep. Yes. It's a one. It's a one word answer. Yep. Yes. All right. Sorry. Because right, the so truth that, of the matter is, the the more time you spend with him, the more difficult attached. it's going to be to actually break it off, and and the harder it's going to feel, like the more hurt you're going to end up being. I just got this uh, on my Tuesday night coaching call. There's a woman. She's like, I've been seeing this guy for a couple of weeks, but he's looking at jobs in New York. I live in L.A. Um, and I was like, okay, classic hard, tale. Hard, hard no. She's like, but, but, but I really like him. But he already told you he's looking for jobs in New York, but he might not get it. He might stay here. And I was like, all right, do you want to take like a 50 50 coin flip chance that the guy you're seeing might pick up and move in? Dino? I don't like that risk. Right? Yeah. Like, so I pass on, like, on, I, I try to make things that are complicated more simple. Women, women are like, I saw in his profile, he's a maybe on kids. Well, maybe could mean yes. And I was like, stick with guys who know they want kids instead of kind of keeping your fingers crossed. Because the yes. last thing you want to do is invest two years of your life to find out the maybe's a no and have no control of your own destiny. Absolutely. Because at that point, what? Like, but you're so in love. So, okay, maybe you can change your mind. Like you don't want to end up trying to convince yourself that you'll be okay without having kids. That's scarcity mentality. That's the, I'm treating this man like he's the last man on earth. When in fact, three weeks ago, you didn't know he existed. Yes. Oh my God. I love that you said that because that's something I really try and drive home because I went through this so many times where like I'd go on a date or two with somebody and suddenly like they're literally all I can think about. It is all consuming. If I don't hear back from them or like if I don't get a good morning text, like in my mind, they're over me. My life is over. I'm going to die. And I, I did not know them two weeks before. Right. And so I was a whole complete person before them. 
But I didn't think so. If you go to Wikipedia and you scroll down to the biological basis of love and you see Dr. Helen Fisher's research, she talks about the phases of love. And what you're talking about is, is limerence, which is dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine flooding your brain. It's like being on meth. So it's got the high highs and the low lows. He called me. I'm so happy. I haven't heard from him in three hours. I'm going to kill myself. And neither of them is particularly healthy place to live. Not at all. And it shouldn't feel that way either. Like when you actually meet somebody where it could lead to a healthy relationship, it isn't this high, high followed by a low, low. It's consistent. Right. And it grows and gets better. Hopefully yeah. you're better off with Jake than you were when you met. I'm 15 years married to my wife. And we're stronger than when we got engaged, right? Where a lot be. of people peak at that time and then slide downhill afterwards. And yeah. so to answer, to follow up on the question that you were originally asked, which I was giving you one half the answer, here's the men to avoid. Then the other big uh, dating relationship mistake people tend to make is, I'll figure out how to phrase this. Um, we talked about overvaluing chemistry, but it also means undervaluing compatibility. And compatibility is ease, how well you get along. And so if you ask any of your listeners, I'm guessing they've divided the world into two, two kinds of men. And again, I know I'm being presumptuous, mansplaining, just roll with it, right? Rolling. There's two kinds of men. There's hot, toxic, emotionally unavailable douchebags who never want to commit and break your heart. And then there's, there's guys... I'm so bored, I could slit my throat in the first 10 minutes of the date. That's what's out there. There's nothing else. It's just those two sets of men. Yep. Right? Yep. So I've gotten clearer on this theory over the years. So I'm going to allow that. Okay, that's your belief. I'm not going to talk you out of that belief. But you know intellectually that that's not true. Like, it can't be true. It's impossible for that to be true. Right? There's too many happily married couples. So what does that allow for? There's this lane in between, right? Here's the nice guys with balls. They're the ones you're attracted to. They're the ones you respect. They're the ones who know how to treat a woman. It might even be 10% of men, okay? So we throw out 90% of them. Now, is it 90% a lot? Yeah, but go online. You're already throwing out 90% of men. You're just throwing them out because of how they look. I'm throwing that, them out. I'm throwing them out because of how they treat you. Right. So we're starting from different premises. Find a guy who treats you well. It's a bonus if he makes more money than you. It's a bonus if he's six feet tall. But that's not the characteristics we're looking for. We're looking for how you feel, how he treats you. And if 10% of guys are good husband material, if you stick with dating those guys, you don't have to worry about all the other ones. Just delete, 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 block. How do you weed the other ones out, though, to narrow in on the 10%? They, they weed themselves out so quickly. This is, again, this is the not-so-secret secret of, of my work and Love You. is literally, a guy will reveal himself sometime in the first month of dating. There's no way you could get stuck dating a lunatic, right, if you pay attention to your feelings. Right? Yeah, they're You're straight not, up telling you they had the five-finger discount. Six right, weeks in. But they're like, guy, I mean, there's always some crazy, genuine psychopath who leads a double life who just, like, that's a rarer situation, but most yeah. guys just listen to them. They will tell you who they are. They will reveal themselves in a short period of time. And so in my world, we either don't date them at all. We don't, they don't become our boyfriends. We don't sleep with them. We, they, they weed themselves out before they reach that status. Or the second he's like very common thing, guy gets you as the girlfriend. He makes the full court press. He treats you like a queen. The second he gets you, he acts like an ass. Right. That happens all the time. I get the girl. Now I've got her. I'm going to treat her like shit. Okay. I, I had this happen with a, a client of mine who's 71 years old. Mm -hmm. Right. Nothing but bad relationships focused on her career. Right. Petrified of dating and online dating. Right. Took my system, wrote her profile, paid for her photos. We, we, we got her a boyfriend who treated her amazing. She never thought she was going to get married. They're talking about marriage in the first few weeks. And then week seven, guy starts acting like a dick. I said, you know what you got to do? She cut him loose. 
She didn't hold on. She didn't try to change him. She didn't beat herself up. She took a week off, went back to online dating. This had nothing to do with her. The guy had a mask. The mask slipped off. And that is the way we date is I would rather you have three two-month boyfriends in a year than to stay a year with one guy who doesn't treat you well. I love that you just said like it wasn't about her because I think that's so important for people to realize. And I don't know if we talked about this right before we started the episode or in the beginning of the episode, but so many times we think someone's disinterest is because there's something wrong with us. We're not good enough. We're not smart enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not whatever enough. Most of the time it has nothing. It's not personal. It's just not a fit or it's actually about them and not about you. Well, the easiest way to look at it is think of, and, and, and listen, we're, we're largely talking to women here and women who get hurt and rejected by men, but flip it around. Men go online, women swipe right 5% of the time, 95% of them are rejections, right? So think about all the reasons you could reject a guy. Does it mean all these men should give up on dating and women forever? All these men should take your left swipe personally? or the fact that you went on one date and he talked about himself all night and you're like, I don't want to sit through that again. That's, that's his lesson to learn, yeah. but it doesn't mean he's an evil person. It doesn't mean someone won't put up with him. Right. And so think of all the people that you pass up on. It takes, it feels much worse when people do it to us, but we spend no time thinking about the people we pass up on. Yeah, that's so true. We're not sitting there thinking like, oh, they suck and they're never going to find their person and they should quit dating. And I'm going to destroy this person's dreams and self-esteem. <laughs> but that's how we feel. And it's ridiculous. Like, why are we so mean to ourselves? It, it makes me so sad. I mean, I know I did it for so long and I see so many of you guys listening, doing it to yourselves. And I just, I wish we could all like take a 10 foot step back and realize it's not, it's not personal most of the time. If you were not gifted by your family with high self-esteem, right? Dating is extremely challenging. Yeah. If you genuinely believe, which is again, what got me through 300 dates when I was getting rejected, <laughs> their loss, like if you really believe, oh, good luck doing better than me, whether it's true or not. Yeah. If you believe that, it'll carry you very, very far. How did you get yourself to believe that? I was granted, I'm, I, I, I was granted, well, I'm, I'm the most privileged person in the world. I had parents who stayed together for 30 years and uh, resources and self-esteem and all that little Jewish boy thing. You're a prince. You could do anything. You could be anything. The girls just don't appreciate you yet in high school. All that. Eventually, I started to believe it. And so if you believe that, it makes you much more resilient where you can largely tell yourself they didn't get to know me well enough. Or if there's things they genuinely don't like, something you can do about it. You want a guy with smaller ears? Go find him. You want a guy who's six feet tall? Go find him. I can't do anything about that. Right? And so as long as you know, you don't need everybody to like you. You need one, literally one person. <laughs> Yeah. To make this whole journey worthwhile. This is a true story. I don't want to, again, go off on too much of a tangent. I'll make it super quick. Go off a, on the tangent. I love tangents. client came to me two years ago, listened to my Love You podcast, and just the most delightful human being, just walking sunshine, challenging client. She's blind and obese. How does that work for online dating? How much attention? Does it? it does not. It's really, really challenging. And by the nature of her life, her job as a massage therapist, she doesn't meet many men in real life, massaging other people and walking with her guide dog and it's real, real challenging. So what we had to do for her in the time that we were working together was, it's not brainwash, it's not the right word. It's to get her to come from the place of confidence and abundance instead of fear and scarcity, even though she had every right to feel fear and scarcity when you're on plenty of fish and it's crickets and you're yeah. some guy's last resort after he's been rejected by everybody else. So she could pick up when guys were sniffing around to just make dirty talk or when they, she was the back burner. If some other plans dropped out, she, 
I, I said, no, you're going to be the CEO. You feel like the intern, you're going to be the CEO. She might have only gone on three dates the entire year. The last one is her boyfriend. She's been with him now for a year. Wow. So that's really the coolest part is when you get to remind people, even when it's, you know, everybody goes through that phase. There's too many guys. I don't know what to do. Oh my God, I'm going to die alone. It's crickets, right? Reminding people you have value, you have worth, you deserve to hold out for a man who treats you well, right? And you'll know he treats you well by his effort. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think just even reminding yourself, like you said, like of your value, of your worth. And I think sometimes we struggle to do that because I don't know, maybe the people in our lives don't express those things to us. And it's hard for us to look within ourselves, but I'm sure if you went to your close friends or your family members and genuinely said like, I'm really struggling with self-esteem and like, this is a really scary thing to say, but like, can you tell me some redeeming qualities about me? I'm sure they would have the world's longest list because they love you for a reason. I love that. Couple questions. Answers. Um, do you have a community? Do you, I mean, I, I know you have listeners, but do you have a private Facebook group or a discord chat or a, a, a place where your listeners bond together in any way? I did in the beginning and I did a very bad job of upkeeping it. They're it. very, it's a, a very active community on Instagram. Like we're always doing like story question boxes and people are updating on the dates that they're going on and stuff like that, but there's no specific. And that's something that's been on my to-do list. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to do any business coaching for you, but because I am, a I mean, literally we will talk after like, <laughs> Well, because I'm, I'm a dating coach who has a podcast yeah. rather than a podcaster who's doing that. Yeah. I have a community of all these women who've yeah. joined, love you and taken this. And what you get there is this wildly supportive community. And not Absolutely. only a supportive community, they're people who get it. Totally. Unfortunately, when you leave it open to rando, not everybody gets it. And there's yeah. bad contradictory advice. Here, everybody's bought in to the same idea that you're the CEO. Yeah. Right. And so whoever you are, you're going to meet someone. You're not talking to your mom. You're not talking to your sister. You're not talking to your friend who got married when she was 24. You're not talking to your friend who sleeps around or your friend who's given up on guys. You're talking to people who are living their best life with self-esteem and abundance and are, are actually killing it out there. And so if you're giving this kind of really great advice because you are so wise and empathetic, bring your people together and give even more value. Um, they'll appreciate having that positive reinforcement because that's exactly Absolutely. the thing. Every time I do a coaching call, we start with positive affirmations and small wins. Yeah. Name one thing you like about yourself and name one good thing that happened in your love life this week. And when you start to think of the positive instead of all the negative, and there's a lot of negative, that kind of gratitude buoys you when things are tough. Yeah. It literally like retrains your brain. Yeah. Okay. I want to do a few quick listener questions before we wrap up uh, okay. because I think you will be very helpful. Okay. First question. I haven't been able to get over him even after a year. I tried to date other people with an open mind, but I just don't feel the connection with any other people. I don't pine or hope he comes back, but I haven't been able to get him out of my mind. Why is that so? And what do I do? Uh, that's a really good question. It's an important question. And, uh, I think all of us have been in your shoes. Certainly, I, I've, I've even heard Alana talk about it. I, I was there. I remember dating someone. Again, I'm dating myself back in 2003, and I was wildly in love. And we're supposed to go to Vegas. I got tickets to Cirque du Soleil. And she's like, I think I need a break. So I go to Vegas by myself, and I'm like crying. At the, it was it was really, really sad, sad story. And of course, the break turned into a breakup. And it took me certainly at least six months where I was comparing her to everybody else. Two things. Number one, the comparison you're making is a false comparison. And it's really important to remember, you're mourning the loss of a fantasy of a person, right? Because the person you're going to be with will love you unconditionally and won't let you go. So his big character flaw is that he did not see you as his person. That is his problem. And you need a guy who's all in on you. The next thing is, there's high watermarks when it comes to dating. Think of it like a tide going up and leaving a watermark, and then a, a higher tide comes up and leaves a higher watermark. What you're hoping is that each success, successive relationship is a step closer to the person that you're going to look for. The girlfriend before my wife, 
sincerely, was just like my wife. But I was 34. She was 24. I was ready to be a dad and start my new life. She was on her first job. The person I married had very similar personality, 13 years older. (laughs) And timing has a lot to do with relationships too. So you're not wrong for feeling these feelings. What you don't want to do is stay on the shelf your entire life because no guy gives you that same thrill. A, that thrill was false and you're sweeping the ex-boyfriend's flaws under the rug. You're just remembering the good stuff and not the bad stuff. And if you took the time to write a list of 10 things you hated about him, I'm sure you'd be able to do it. And the idea that if you could course correct for what the last boyfriend didn't give you, you will actually end up being happier. So one of the things I do with all my clients, it's usually at the end of our work together, but I'll give it to you guys today, is to think of the two or three guys that you've been wildly in love with in your life. How did they fail you? How did they fail you? Why did you guys break up? This one was afraid of commitment. This one was a liar. This one couldn't get his act together. This one had anger issues. Those are the things you're looking for in your next boyfriend, Mm -hmm. right? You course correct from relationship to relationship by gaining experience from previous ones and saying, I'm never doing that again. And what you'll notice, and this dovetails to something we said earlier in the conversation, which makes it a perfect place to close. (laughs) The things that break you up are not, he's five, eight. He only makes $65,000 a year. He has bad taste in clothes. Is never the cause of a breakup. Character, kindness, consistency, communication, commitment. So whatever list you make, that's where you're going to land. And then you realize your ex-boyfriend wasn't as great as you thought he was. Yeah, absolutely. I like wanted to like jump out of my seat when you said like take the time to write down a list. I think that's so helpful because then that's there. Like that list can be something that's grounding for you when you start to think, oh, I miss him. Like whether it's once a week or once a month, you start to get upset and miss him and miss relationship. Like, nope, open your book, open your notes app. It's all there. Like the truth is there. So you can actually know, no, I actually don't. Like I'm missing some good times. Of course I am. They were good times, but I don't actually miss this person or miss this relationship. I think also realizing it's been a year. Most people don't just like, find their person in a year. So while it's great that you've been trying to date for a year, I understand you haven't felt a connection yet, but that's okay. That's, that's great advice, Alana. And on top of that, there's just the, the expected, the setting realistic expectations for dating is so very important. But on top of that, there's also how you're dating, right? Definition of insanity. And if you're too close to it, you can't see it. You can't, I've heard you give advice. You can't tell what, message your profile sending, right? You might not have a good screening mechanism. You might be overvaluing guys who are super cute instead of guys who seem sincere about relationships. You may not be showing up in the way you want on a first date. Most I've never heard a woman give, I'm sorry, I'm not even a woman. I've never heard anybody give great first date advice to women. We can dissect a million things men do wrong on the first date. He didn't reach for the check. His shoes didn't match his belt. He he wasn't polite to the waiter and maitre d'. He over-talked. Does anybody give advice to women on first dates? Very rarely. It's usually just telling women what to avoid from men on first dates. So there's a whole skill set to being an amazing date as a woman, right? Which is yeah. what we're going to discuss in part two with Alana. So, yes. so just, just know there's a whole bunch of tiny little things that you can do, small wins that can inch you forward. You don't have to find your husband tomorrow. You just have to kind of put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And keep learning from, from the relationship, from every date. They're all learning experiences that grow one on top of the other. Okay. One more we'll end on. Actually, we'll save part, part two of part two will be Q&A. Okay. So I'll save this I'm for sorry. that one. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an over-talker. Oh, me too. Don't worry. That's why we each have our own podcast. <laughs> exactly. But I still have a question to ask you before we go, which is why I want to save time for this. What is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you have ever received? Received? Oh, gosh. Um, this is from my friend. His name is Scott Greenberg. He's a, he's a 
motivational speaker for a living. He's my first friend in LA from 25 years ago. Wow. He made fun of me because I would always bring like a new, he, he got married in his mid twenties. He was one of those guys who figured it out young. And I was the one who always had a new girlfriend at every party he had. He said, don't evaluate the person, evaluate the relationship. The person might be a seven. Is your relationship a 10? Is the thing you have together? It's not about comparing them to every person you've dated before because the odds that you're going to date the tallest guy, smartest guy, funniest guy, best in bed guy, all at the same time is zero, yeah. right? So don't compare the guy to other guys you've dated. The relationship, the sum total of what you've created together, how is that? And that is what got me married. I have never heard that and I'm so obsessed with it. Like the, the person could be a 10, but the relationship could be a two. Right. That's so, so insightful. I love that so much. Thank wow. you for asking an insightful question. And I, I, I love the fact that that's not something I made up. That was, that was given <laughs> to me by, by a very close friend when I was like, I don't know if my wife is right for me. She's not what I was expecting. And he's like, shut up, hold on to this. It's good, dummy. Sometimes the best packages come in boxes you've never seen before. Or Indeed. never thought would show up on your door. Is, um, is your <laughs> boyfriend the package you thought you were getting? Eh, pretty much. Ah. <laughs> pretty much. But, you know, like in some ways, I mean, there was such a time in my life where like I specifically, and I remember kind of making this connection early on, but I like only wanted to date like music managers. I worked in the music industry before I worked at Hinge and, and found myself in the dating space, but I only wanted to date like music managers. And when I met Jake, he was a manager, but at a restaurant. And I was like, okay, like maybe I had it all wrong. And like, they don't need to be music managers, but they can like, like he's a manager doing something else. That's funny. <laughs> but no, I mean, listen, like we grew up 15 minutes apart, like very similarly had pretty. Yeah. And, and the thing about that, it's a lovely story. It I doesn't don't know matter. It, but yeah, but I, think, I don't know if that teaches everybody that much. Cause that's, that that's it's it's amazing. I love that love yeah. story. But half of my job is breaking people out of the idea that that's the only way to find love. Absolutely, and and it's not. I mean, listen, there and and I do love similarly to how you said, like there are learning things from from your story. There are a lot from mine and his, sure. which I really like. Like we matched on Hinge multiple times um, before ever actually talking, and the first time I remember there was one day it was like October, and I messaged. I, I was like bored and I looked back through our old, through my old matches. Cause I was bored and I like, couldn't find anyone new. And I was like, Oh, I matched with this guy, Jake, like months ago, maybe like he's cute. I don't know. So I looked him up, found a mutual friend, reached out to her. She sent me this like whole essay about why I should message him. And I never did. Don't know why <laughs> just didn't. Um, he remembers the time where I liked him and he specifically didn't like something on my profile. So he like un said no. And then when we finally did match the time where we ended up meeting, he messaged me and I didn't answer him. And he ended up following up a week later, which people are so afraid to follow up because they feel like it's embarrassing or like, what's the point? And you literally have nothing to lose by following up. And I was so glad he did. I responded immediately when he followed up. And then we actually couldn't go on a first date for about six weeks. It was during COVID. It was before anyone had vaccines. And um, I was going between my apartment with my roommates and, and our families. And so my roommates and I said, like, we're not seeing anyone for the next like six weeks. So when he asked me out, I was like, this sounds fake. But like, I actually can't go out with you until like mid-February. <laughs> Sorry, but I'll reach back out when I can. And he thought he was never going to hear from me again. And the first week of February, I texted him like, hey, I can do this now if you want. And so, and we got dinner. But even, even in that first date, I hadn't heard from him that day. He didn't like reach out in the morning to confirm that we were still on for dinner. And all of my friends were like, Alana, it's, it's four o'clock. Like you've made other plans by now. Like there's no way this dinner's happening. Like you don't even bother going. You're getting stood up. And I'm like, that seems like really ridiculous and really harsh. Like maybe he's had a busy work day. I'm going to check in. Like there's no reason I can't confirm. And they're like, that's so embarrassing. Like, don't do that. I texted him. This, this, this is why you get to do this job. Your instincts are good. 
I texted him and I was like, Hey, just confirming dinner at seven 30. He's like, yeah, I was just about to text you like crazy day at work, whatever. So all this to say, like, there are so many things where had I listened to these like dating rules that people put out there and all of this toxic dating advice on social media and even to my own friends, we never would have ended up right in this relationship. It's beautiful. So, I love that. And, and it makes doing this that much more meaningful when you could say something that can someone could take, implement in their life and make a difference and send them in the right direction. And again, the, lo- the longer you do this, the more you'll get to see this. You know, I get I get to I get to post wedding photos on my website and, you know, get baby pictures. And it's really, really neat. So I, I really want to encourage you to keep on seeing where this takes you. You've got a great podcast and, and, a, and a great uh, intuition. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Where can everybody find you? Oh, I'm Googleable. I think. Um, <laughs> I'd uh, my say name, so. My name is Evan Mark Katz. Uh, my website is evanmarkkatz.com, E-V-A-N-M-A-R-C-K-A-T-Z. Uh, for your listeners, we uh, put up a special link. If you go to evanmarkkatz.com forward slash Ilana, uh, we can give you a gift. It is the seven massive mistakes you're making in dating. Uh, the cool thing about it is you, you're probably making them and you don't even know it. So there's going to be a couple aha moments in there. And I'll send you some free dating and relationship advice uh, until you are ready to uh, find the person that you're looking for. And then my, ma- my main offering is a, a course called Love You. And you could apply to Love You by going to evanmarkkatz.com forward slash apply. Um, and we tell you how to fix your broken man picker and all the stuff we talked about here. We just kind of hold your hand through a process that actually produces results. The thing I love about podcasts is that it educates people. The hard part is it doesn't always get implemented, right? You need that accountability. It's community. It's accountability. It's the ability to ask questions and and that's called love you. So if anybody's curious about that, if anybody enjoyed today, I would love to hear from you. Absolutely. Barkley's about to start barking again, but um, thank you so much for being here. And I cannot wait for part two. We're going to get that on the books right now. We'll email offline and we'll continue this and you'll tell me how to be a better podcaster and I'll tell you how to. Oh my God, you're perfect. (laughs) (laughs) To everyone who tuned in, thank you for listening. Send this to the group chat, send it to a friend who needs to hear it, share it on your story, tag both of us if you loved it. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own dating horror stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people. Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish-blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. That too, Scout. That too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!